Hey guys, today we're going to start a three-week series on masculinity and femininity. I don't know if you've noticed, but in our culture, influencers and movies and movie stars and athletes, everybody's got something to say about manhood and womanhood. It seems like in our culture, we've really blurred the lines between those things. So we're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say about it. We're calling the series Anthropology, so we should probably start with a definition. Anthropology is the study of human biological, physiological, and cultural characteristics and their evolution. And I think it's a perfect title for this particular series. Today we're going to talk about what's the difference, according to the Bible, between manhood and womanhood. And then next week we'll talk about biblical womanhood. And then in the final week we're going to talk about biblical manhood. Author Christopher Yuan says this in his book, Holy Sexuality. It's a great one, and we'll put a link to it below if you want to study it further. He says, without a correct theological anthropology as the bedrock of our understanding of human sexuality, we're more easily led to subtle but consequential distortions of the truth. Now, in this particular series, we're not going to jump into gender issues and sexuality per se, even though those are certainly related to any biblical study of manhood and womanhood. Again, if you want to read more about the application to gender and sexuality, I encourage you to check out Christopher Yuan's book or check out the additional topics that you'll find in the series link for this particular series. But here's the first thing we want to talk about today. Our identity is rooted in the fact that we are created in God's image. And according to the Bible, women and men are of equal value and dignity in the eyes of God. So if you're struggling with your identity along these lines, which I think a lot of people in our culture are, because we've blurred the lines between manhood and womanhood, we just need to remember that fundamentally, our identity isn't in our sexuality. Our identity is actually in the fact that we are created in the image of God, that we're all image bearers of God. And because of that, we are all man and woman. We are all equal. And this is a pretty powerful statement. And it's something that we see in the Bible in its thousands of years old, given the fact that so many cultures and societies have made women lower than men it's powerful to realize that the Bible says that women and men are both equal in the eyes of God because we're created in the image of God. We see this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, when God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And this right here is what gives every human being a sense of value and dignity, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman. And then Paul expands on this a little bit in Galatians in chapter three. He says, you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ. Again, I think it's worth pausing and considering how progressive that verse is that in the early church, where Gentiles were viewed as below Jews, Paul is saying, nope, you're the same. And where a slave was viewed as below a free person in the culture 2,000 years ago, Paul is saying, no, because of what Jesus did, we're all on equal footing. And then women, of course, in the Middle East, 
certainly 2,000 years ago, even as it is today, women were seen as inferior or as sort of second class compared to men. And Paul is saying there, nope, what Jesus d does on the cross puts all of us on an equal footing. So we have incredible equality because of what Jesus did and because of the fact that we are created in the image of God. However, and this is an important second point, according to the Bible, women and men were created different. Even though they're equal, there are distinctions. There's a difference, and God created us this way on purpose. Womanhood and manhood are to complement rather than duplicate each other. Now, we see this pattern in Genesis chapter 1 again. Look at how God creates. He says, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters from heaven, from the waters of the earth. And then he says, let the lights appear in the sky, again, to separate the day from the night. And then he says, let these lights in the sky separate the light from the darkness. So do you see in these verses, there's a pattern of differentiation, a pattern of separation. And that pattern continues in verse 27 when it says that God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. And watch this. He says, male and female, he created them. So we see in Genesis 1 that God created a separation, a differentiation between women and men, and he did it on purpose. And it says in verse 31 that after he did it, he looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. Now, did you catch what God's word says in the very first chapter of the Bible? It says that the distinction between male and female is good. It is good by design. God designed us as males or as females. And again, we live in a culture that is blurring the difference. And I think this is actually hurting our families. I think it's hurting our young people. I think it's hurting our entire culture. Author John Piper says, if it is true that the way God made us is good, then we should be very slow to gather a list of typical male weaknesses or a list of typical female weaknesses and draw a conclusion that either is of less value than the other. But let's finish today's lesson with this last thought. God gets to decide how we should think about femininity and masculinity. Aligning ourselves with God's design leads to freedom and joy. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 139, God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. In a world where some people are suggesting that we should let our children decide for themselves whether they want to be male or female, we have that verse in contrast. A psalmist who writes, God, I acknowledge how you made me and you made me wonderfully and you did it on purpose and I embrace that. And I think this verse applies as well from John chapter 10 where Jesus said, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But look at what Jesus says about his purpose. He said, my purpose is to give people a rich and satisfying life. And the only way to that kind of satisfaction is to align ourselves with God's design for masculinity and femininity.
So let's finish one more time with John Piper's words. He says, our vision of manhood and womanhood is a deeply satisfying gift of grace from a loving God who has the best interests of his creatures at heart. The vision is not onerous or oppressive. It does not promote pride or self-exaltation. It conforms to who we are by God's good design. And therefore, it is fulfilling in the deepest sense of that word. So let's keep digging into what the Bible says about manhood and womanhood. And let's have the courage and humility to embrace his perspective instead of blindly following what our culture has to say.